This is Wayne W. Johnson from Night of Something Strange, Tales of Dracula, and Star Trek New Voyages Phase 2 slash The Federation Files, and you're listening to the Horror Squad Podcast. Squad podcast episode number 264. Tonight we're talking about Freddy versus Jason from 2003. And we have a very special guest attached to this episode, correct? That is correct. We were full squad for the interview, the very rare occurrence where we had Wayne W. Johnson on. Now, who is Wayne W. Johnson? You will know him best from Night of Something Strange. He played the zombie jizz tampon eating many trades character in that movie uh he was also in house shark she kills steve watched a bunch of these i think he talked about them on what watch not too long ago also tales of dracula he was also in star trek which i did not know about so uh yeah he was in many stuff we talked a lot we talked you know night of something strange we talked about his band we talked about some of his other movies so yeah really good interview super nice guy so stick around end of the episode for the interview yep very cool guest very cool conversation very cool guy i'm winner co-host todd you just heard joe and we have steve anything happening the past week gentlemen i just want to say to the audience so last episode we said that we were going to review skinner Inc. as our main review but after watching it and this you can totally put the blame on me i uh, know it's just after watching it you know whether you like it or not there's just not much to talk about so we will talk about it on what watched, but to do a full like review, I, I don't know. I just like the best way I can explain it is if you go to an art museum and one picture is like the mural at the Sistine Chapel and the other one's like two dots in a square and you want us to do a review on the two dots in a square. And I might make you feel all this stuff, but it's just not really reviewable because there's nothing really to talk about other than metaphors. So I think it's better served as a what watch. So called an audible and instead we're doing freddie versus jason after that very controversial comment from joseph last week where he said that new nightmare is better than freddie versus jason so curious if he still thinks that after this rewatch well you yeah, have to wait thoughts. until the review Can I give my <laughs> quick thoughts on new nightmare please oh yes. yeah absolutely <sighs> so <Yeah>. joe <laughs> great no movie. i i so whenever I rewatch the series, because, you know, I think we all do that. We go through Halloweens and Chuckies and all that shit every few years. But New Nightmare is always at the end. So I always thought, like, maybe I had Freddy fatigue, you know, and I didn't give it a shot. So, you know, watched it fresh. And, man, I just cannot, I can't get into it. I, I like it less and less each time. I don't like the earthquake stuff. Heather Langenkamp's not that great an actress. Neither is Freddy Krueger, obviously. Robert England. I, no, it's just, it's a miss. I, please don't make me ever watch it again. You don't have to, don't you worry. But I like, I was glad to see I wasn't the only person that did enjoy the movie. A lot of the people in the Discord enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I definitely have some strong feelings about Freddy versus Jason as well. So yeah, I don't know. I, after I made that comment that la uh, last week, I was like, I, you know, that might have been a strong stretch to say I liked it better. But after watching Freddy versus Jason, I can say with, absolute certainty that i swayed one way over the other and you'll find out later on 
during our review. Excellent. All right, guys. So uh, because the questions are pretty much all Freddy versus Jason related, we will put that segment uh, at the end after the review because like that, uh, it'll kind of flow better with the review. So instead, how about we get into some what watched and how about we start with uh, the movie we were supposed to review. So Joe, um, I think this is one of your what watch. Tell me about your thoughts on Skin and Marink and then I'll chime in with mine. Absolutely. I have quite a double feature tonight between Skin and Rink and All Waters. Two very like similar style movies in a way, because they're both very like weird and obscure, sort of. But um yeah, so all right, let's get into it. We'll start off with Skin and Rink. I had heard so much about this movie, just very divisive, obviously. Basic, very basic plot synopsis is a couple of kids, uh, I think a brother and a sister get left. Well, they don't really get left home alone, right? They just sort of, their parents sort of like disappear in the middle of the night. And they, the doors and the windows in the house also disappear. And they're left in a sort of haunted house, um, whether it be a demon or a ghost. You know, we really don't know. But that is essentially uh, the entire you know plot of the movie and what is very kind of you know slim to the actual movie because i mean this is a complete like artistic approach i guess you could say by the director you know it's the the first half of this movie is terrible like I, you know i'm not going to you know sugarcoat it it i was not sure i was going to make it through Because the first 45 minutes is literally just shots of walls and hallways and ceilings with little to no substance whatsoever. You'll hear a voice every now and then. You'll hear, you know, a parent talk uh, towards the beginning and you hear, you know, the kids talking. But then the movie picks up. I will say it does, in a way, reward your patience somewhat because I think the second half of the movie... Definitely, you know, I was left, uh, full disclosure here, I did watch this movie in complete darkness with my headphones on, uh, which I, you know, I kind of cheated. I was reading some reviews and people said that was the best way to watch the movie. Um, And I I think it, it definitely is because the loud noises and the voices, I definitely jumped in the second half of this movie on a few moments because of the loud noises. But... Being immersed in this movie helps, you know, for sure. Um, because the creepy moments, I I definitely felt it. But there's just so few, you know, creepy moments in the movie that when it did work, it worked. When it doesn't work, it absolutely does not work. Did I enjoy my viewing experience at times, but not enough for me to you know, recommend this movie. The more I thought about it too, like after the fact, I did end up dropping my score down. I dropped it down. I give I give it two out of five. I, I do appreciate the director's approach here. I think, you know, he tried to do something different, right? He took a swing, you know, whether he hit or missed, it's up to you. I think it's may, mostly a miss here. I just think it's, it's too long. An hour, 40 minutes, uh, you know, and almost an hour of it is just no substance walls shots of walls and hallways and whatnot and you know so yeah overall 
uh, I was left I, I disappointed, I, I, I guess. But I, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird movie to kind of review. Right, which is why I kind of texted you guys after it. I'm like, I don't think we can make this as our main review, right? Because there's just not much to talk about. So as far as my thoughts, first, I'm going to say, just put it out there. Whether you think this is the best movie ever or the worst, I it doesn't make any difference to me. Like, I'm happy if you love it, and I'm fine if you don't. It's just one of those things. So this is just my personal opinion. So I watched it. I watched it in the dark as well. I did not watch it with headphones because I was watching it with my wife, but she only made it like five minutes in and then fell asleep. So that wasn't much help. And I did a lot of soul searching after watching it, looking at the comments and everything. And I can confidently say that this is probably my least favorite movie I've ever watched. Like, period. I would rather watch Tickle the Clown ever, ever period. That's like, I've fucking, never seen a movie that's deep, bro. I personally didn't like as much as this one i would rather rewatch tickles the clown i'd rather rewatch dash cam no no, you know, no no trump versus illuminati i'd rather watch trump versus oh illuminati God. so yeah it's i just wow <laughs> i did not enjoy this experience at all it is too abstract for me it reminds me of when i was in college and i did art and i felt the same about modern art you know I, I went to the museum one time and I'm looking at all these amazing like frescoes and I'm like, damn, this is great. And then I go to the modern art section. And it's like a dot on a white friggin' piece of paper. And I'm like, I, you know, this is a million dollar piece. Like fuck off. Why? <laughs> you know, I just, I just don't get it. It's just, that's the way I am. I, I don't know. I I felt nothing with this movie except boredom. And I watched the whole thing through and I, I get what people might feel with it like it reminds them of when they were scared as kids in the dark and everything like that but the whole movie I was just like eh, it's just voices and the occasional little like kind of face and there's these eyes at one point but I knew exactly what those eyes were from because I'd seen that item before in the movie so it didn't scare me whatsoever and it just yeah it just didn't do it for me now had this been a 10 minute short I think maybe I would have gotten into it because then it wouldn't be 50 minutes of nothing of just shots of uh, like the ceiling for nothing, you know, and I would have been maybe more receptive to something like that. But as it stands, it's for an hour 40, forget it. I did not enjoy myself whatsoever. Now, if you want to experience what I think this movie is supposed to be, uh, there's a game called Among the Sleep where you play a child who uh, goes to bed at night and then you start like, like regular items in your room start coming to life and it's like a child's imagination it's amazing it's not the greatest game but it's a really cool experience i think that's what i was supposed to feel with this but went right over my head no fear no just boredom so didn't like it oh i'm gonna piggyback real quick i got 14 minutes into the film before i turned it off not because i was hating it just because we had to record so I'm interested, but I already, I told Steve, I, at seven minutes, I was already looking at my phone. So it's like, but to piggyback off what Steve said, like, this is something that I would have made on a high eight video camera by myself when I was 14 or whatever, because I didn't have any friends that would want to make movies with me. So that's like the vibe I'm getting. Uh, I'll try to finish it, but yeah, bummer. Yeah. I mean, it's not something, it, it it's not something I, I despised sitting through or anything like that. It's just, I don't think I could sit through it again. You know, and like I said in my letterbox review, like this movie shouldn't require so many like prerequisites to like sit through it. You know, like you should not have to be in the dark with headphones on. Like you should just be able to turn on a movie and enjoy it for what it is. And that is that is a problem, you know, 
I I'm but I am like sort of like I'm in a weird spot where I'm a little more in the middle because I I do respect the the director like for doing something I, it's not I've never seen anything like it it's unique so I will give it that but you know I think it just needed some refinement for sure like a lot of refinement actually you got any what watch uh, Todd I know you've been moving and stuff so yeah I do I have a quite a bit of backlog since I was by myself for you know three weeks or whatever. Did I mention Parasite to you guys at all? No. I know, it's, I know it's not a horror movie. It's definitely got like, you know, the thriller vibe to it. But, you know, Best Picture from a few years ago, and I finally got around to watching it. So I won't give a lot since it's not a horror movie, but I really like that film. It's really cool. And the concept of someone living in your basement without you knowing is like terrifying, you know? So that was a cool one. Uh, but to go on to another horror movie, doing the, you know, my movie world tour on Letterboxd, because you got that, uh, if you don't know, it's a feature where you have the whole planet, and every time you watch a film, it turns that country green, so you'll have green and gray, gray being what you didn't watch, so you got to fill it all in, baby, but Steve and I have been battling, and then Steve gave me a little tip that ABC's of Death Part 2 gives you like 14 countries or something stupid like that, so <laughs> I watched that, and I knocked out Cuba, among some other films, and there's some really effective shorts in that movie but there are some that are like fucking terrible man like how the hell this got on there i have no idea but one that stands out to me that i think that was really like clever uh was a claymation piece where it's like a lot of bugs and a lot of gore and a lot of torture and stuff and i love claymation um to begin with i think it's like a great art form so that alone in apc's death part two is really cool but overall it's just for it's it's forgettable so my first one tonight is a movie that actually just released on the day we're recording, and so is out by the time this episode comes out, and you can watch it on VOD, and that is called uh, They Wait in the Dark. So we got a screener for this, and the story is about a woman and a little boy. Uh, they seem to be like kind of in poverty. They're on the run. They're kind of renting hotels, and you find out that she is running away from uh, her partner. So the boy's kind of other adopted mother, it's a lesbian couple. They had, they adopted this, um, you know, they're white, a white couple. They adopted a black child and they're on the run from the other woman in that relationship. And you don't really know why. And it kind of takes the perspective of both the woman and the boy with a friend that's trying to help them out. And then the other woman who's uh, trying to get the boy back and chasing these, uh, these two people. And so they eventually go back to their childhood or her childhood house. It's all like fucked up and shit, but uh, she doesn't have any other choices. And all of a sudden, this kind of ghost demon thing starts attacking her in the house. And the movie is kind of trying to figure out why this thing is attacking her. And uh, as it stands, the only person who can see that demon is the little boy. So that's kind of the gist of it now. It, go, it does go into a really interesting place, but I just don't want to say it's a, it's a brand new movie. And I got to say, if you watched Slapface, which I think was last year or the year before, it has a lot of those vibes in the sense that these kids are seeing kind of this demonic uh, ghost uh, figure and it's almost like taking care of them in a way. And the movie's kind of exploring as to why it's doing that. And it actually goes to a really interesting place. Like, I think the ending or the last, like, 10, 15 minutes are really good and made this movie worth at least checking out. Now, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. In fact, I think if you're going to watch a movie like this, Slapface was actually really good. And you should check that one out instead. But there are definitely some merit to this story as well. 
it's a pretty simple story. There aren't a lot of characters. It's uh, kind of low budget, but still filmed really well. Good performances. So yeah, I dug this one. I just don't think it's like a great film. I think it's just one of those that if you happen to see it on streaming, you should check it out. So that's They Wait in the Dark. Very cool. Uh, all right, my last one tonight. Shout out to our friend friend of the show, Alex Brokar fan, who helps out a lot at our Omri Cats event. He reached out and uh, offered a couple free tickets to attend an advanced screening sponsored by uh, Screenbox TV to check out a new indie horror movie called The Outwaters. So I attended the screening over at Cinema Salem, a sold out crowd, by the way. And yeah, fun enough, uh, Damien Maffei, another friend of the show, ended up going to screen too. So I went out to dinner with him beforehand. We talked a lot of horror. He gave me some inside info on a new video game he's working with, which uh, we cannot announce on the show yet or anything, but that's going to be coming. New video game he's going to be coming out with very soon, a horror property that is pretty cool. Um, I think a lot of fans will uh, dig that as well. He also gave an update on Dark Circles, my big movie premiere, background movie premiere, where I don't say a word, but you'll be able to see me. I in cannot it. wait uh, to see that, man. That <laughs> I know that fucking guy. <laughs> so uh, if you want to see me in the background uh, at a, the in the diner scene, uh, that is going to be coming out sometime this year. Hopefully, working with Damien on doing a screening here in Salem, maybe once it finally releases. But anyway, back to the Outwaters. Uh, so yeah, the Outwaters is about uh, it's a found, it's shot found footage style, kind of reminiscent, you know, of it. It kind of wants to take you back to the times of like Blair Witch. It kind of opens with these people have gone missing, and you know, they actually uh, shout out Screenbox TV. They also sent us promo box with like a missing flyer with like the missing crowd and stuff like that and whatnot. So thank you for sending the promo box as well. But uh, yeah, so it's about four uh, friends who are in a band that end up heading out to the desert to shoot a music video. And from there, they start uh, experiencing kind of like strange phenomenon. They hear these loud lightning sort of crashes at night. And they put their mic at one point, they put their microphone in the ground and they hear it screaming like the ground is screaming. So they, uh, you know, they're experiencing all this weird stuff. And then from there, shit really pops off and this movie goes absolutely bananas in the last half hour of the movie but i fucking hated this movie i hated it worse than skin i it's almost like what steve felt about uh is like me with this movie man it's like the first 50 minutes is fucking complete incoherent shot after shot of just like nothingness it's it's like the guys, it's like the guy like turns on his camera for a second, like puts like, it's like a footage of like him and his friends kind of talking or doing something stupid, shuts off, next clip. Like, and this, this just happens for the first like 45, 50 minutes of the movie. And it's just like no semblance of a plot at all there. I, I honestly would have rather watched like dark shots of the fucking ceilings like in Skin Marink than that, than this. It was just really tough to get through. I actually audibly sighed in the theater and Sam like kind of had to hit me to be like, hey, like, you know, that was loud. Like, but yeah, um, I will say the movie gets better, I guess, once they get to the desert. But it's just, once again, like, it's just not, like, nonsensical. But it's, like, it, it, man, it takes you down this weird fucking nightmarish 
like it's kind of like being stuck in a nightmare you can't get out of which sounds terrifying and there are some like legitimately like really great scenes but it just goes nowhere you know and it's just it's just fun it was just frustrating to sit through because like you know it's like shots of like you know blood like like blood on the ground it's it's like really tough to follow too because shot found footage like a lot of the scenes are in complete pitch black and then they'll shine like a flashlight and like you just see like a little beam of light with some blood and some body parts it you know it it was tough it was tough to get through i really disliked it i i just it just did not connect with me I think other people might like it because it, it does go fucking full bore bananas. Like the, the last like 30, 40 minutes is fucking insane. And I think if you can like, so did you like it or not? Damn. Well, no, no, there's nothing. I, I hated it, but I will say like the, it, the last 30 minutes is an experience. And if you can make, it, it's just once again, like skin of a rink, like, you have to sit through like an hour of absolute just like bullshit to get to the good stuff but is the good stuff worth the ride no so i'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah so i i also watched it because uh, we, we got a screener for it as well that's why i got to watch it and i i agree with joe you know so i liked it more than skin and rink because in this even though they were showing kind of bullshit at least there's something going on you know that i could look at and connect with uh, it almost felt like in that first hour that they were just trying to kind of release their mixtape because it was constant like people singing their original songs like in the background or at a party or on their own it's just it was weird it was almost like they're just trying to get this music out and then they actually get to the movie in the second half i was intrigued as to what was going on at first with the super loud you know thunder and then you, you saw the lightning and you didn't know what was going on the problem is you know, we talk about shaky cam in found footage films and films that are kind of of this style. And geez, this is like so shaky. You don't, you can't see anything. It's it's like the person is purposely just taking the camera and shaking it uh, throughout the entire kind of last 30 minutes. It's either dragging on the floor or it's like, you know, floating in the air or whatever the case may be. Now you do see some interesting shots in here. You see tentacles, you see all this kind of weird shit. It'd be cool if I actually got to see what was going on. But you never really do. It's it's just so nothing. And it's, yeah, it didn't do much for me either. I can't say I liked it. But at least there was something to, for me to to watch. You know, so it wasn't as boring, but still not a not a great week for <laughs> for movies like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And also, I, I, I don't know. Like, it. I kind of want Todd to watch it because, like, I, I don't know if like how he would feel about it, but I mean, there, there's there's some interesting stuff in here, and I will give the direct credit on that. But once again, it's just it's just too obscure. It's it's very it, it it's weird because like this and Skin Rink are similar but so far apart, like at, at the same time, but they're very similar styles i suppose so i i mean honestly i'd be interested to see what both of these directors of skin marink and uh, waters do next because i think there's definitely potential there <laughs> steve disagrees i can tell <laughs> i'm like hell no <laughs> all right i got my last one so i just you know recently moved back and this is part of the story because my friends shout out to tj and brent my horror movie friends about once a month or, or every so often do horror movie night right so we each bring one film and we watch it yeah, usually a blind film 
I had bought this film uh, called Hard Gore from 1975 from a little known label called Massacre Video. Knew nothing about the film. Just like, oh, this looks interesting. Grabbed it. So I go to the house. Mind you, I haven't seen these guys in about a year. And we watch my movie first. Turns out Hard Gore is a hardcore pornography film. Um, <laughs> I'm talking numb shots, anal, uh, fucking uh lesbian stuff uh gangbang i'm like what the fuck i'm like we watched the whole thing yes but there's a small horror fucking <laughs> plot where the the main actress quote unquote um is a nymphomaniac so i think her father character i don't really sure brings her to an insane asylum so they can cure her of nymphomania i kid you not the very first fucking scene, the nurse is like, okay, let's show you a room. She locks the door and they get down. <laughs> There's actually like some really cool horror stuff in here. Uh, a wiener gets chopped off. There's some kind of like devil worshiping cult, I guess. One of the actors looks just like Tom Savini and we could not stop laughing about it because he's one of the main dudes that bangs. And <laughs> each time this one devil guy ejaculates, he goes Nirvana. And it's just funny. So hardcore, 1975, it's porn. So if you're into that, there you go. I'm sure it's on Pornhub somewhere. Apparently it's going to be the year of getting dicks cut off because I've seen a few movies. Another, with... dick, another dick year. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so my last movie is a movie that Joe talked about uh, last week and one that I'd been very interested to see. It's a 2023 film that I found over on VOD, and that is Candyland. So uh, this story is about, it's like kind of a group of prostitutes, uh, four, three or four female prostitutes and one male prostitute, and they work at a truck stop slash motel. And that's kind of just their gig is they, you know, have sex with the truckers who stop at this truck stop in the Bible Belt, you know. So uh, there's also this religious kind of family slash cult that are, you know, promoting the religion and everything like that to kind of counteract the uh, prostitutes. But uh, one of the daughter of that family is interested to see kind of what the whole prostitution thing is about. So she goes and visits them and then kind of hangs with them for a while. And you get a lot of the kind of how those prostitutes live, their relationships within each other and all that stuff. And then some horror starts happening as uh, the prostitutes start getting killed and they're trying to figure out who did it. And the movie explores who did do it and why, uh, which I don't want to spoil because it's still a very new film. Uh, I really, really like this movie. This is definitely, well, right now it's easily my number one. I haven't watched that much in 2023. But like Joe said last week, I, I wouldn't be shocked if this made my top 10 by the end of the year. It's a very well-made film. I really dug the characters in this. The, the character building is really great. Like, you really feel for all of those uh, prostitute characters. Their relationships with each other were all interesting. All of them kind of get their own thing that they're struggling with and dealing with. And you really feel for them. And it's, you could tell it's like not a great life because they're essentially getting like abused every day by these, you know, truck drivers and stuff like that. But how they really take care of each other is, is really sweet. There's also a woman who kind of, she kind of, she's kind of like their pimp, but takes care of them more than a pimp would, you know, they're actually, she's actually like looking out for uh, those people and stuff like that. And they live at that motel and it's good, man. And then it gets into kind of the horror section of it and it becomes kind of a, you know, religious slash slasher horror. And I really dug that as well. Like the best way I could describe this is if uh, St. Maud, you know, worked as a prostitute. It's got kind of that vibe to it. And um, 
yeah, it, I think if you can find this one, I would highly recommend it. It's like, I don't think it'll be in my top five, but I do see it maybe being in my top 10 because it's it's a good one and I'm glad I watched it. So that's Candyland over on VOD. All right. So before we get into trivia, let's hear from our sponsor, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. There's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. Trivia. The points are as follows. Mr. Joe, commanding lead, seven points. Steve, commanding second place at six. Myself, in a distant third at five. So we got five, six, seven. Let's freaking go. This is uh, game number four. Woo! Let's do, do it. it. All right, I'll start us off tonight. So, in honor of Freddy versus Jason, oh. our first question is a Freddy versus Jason question. Uh-oh. In all of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies and Friday the 13th movies, remakes included. What is the total body count between both franchises from Freddy and Jason, not including Mrs. Voorhees? So the total between the two? Yes. Interesting. Interesting. I'll give you the clo- I'll do closest. All right. Uh... And, but if, if you get it right on the nose? You get 17 points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you get it right on the nose, the other person gets a deduction of one point. No, I was kidding. I want Steve to answer. I can fuck him over. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go 75. <laughs> oh no, it's way more than that. I'm going 130. 130. You'd both be wrong, but Todd is definitely closest because the correct answer is 205 Oops. kills. Jesus, really? Jason Voorhees with 157 kills Just to his name, and Freddie. With forty-eight. Well, when kills. does he kill that many people? That is a bitch. In the entire franchise? Yeah, like is there a movie where he kills more There's, than so, twelve movies? Um, on average, he kills twelve point four people a movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nice. I mean, he has twelve movies. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, and Freddy has eight. So yeah, he doesn't kill it. Or nine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Freddy doesn't Freddy usually always goes up after like a group of four or five people. Mm-hmm. Okay, I will go. What is the name of the new station in Freddy versus Jason? KRGR. Correct. Very nice. Very nice. It was also a new nightmare as well. It was also the station oh. we talked about that on last week's episode. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I forgot to do trivia. So thank you, Kayla, saving my ass this week. I <laughs> uh, went to your gigantic list, man. That list is so huge. It's big, dude. Yeah. So I really, really appreciate it. So we're going to start with a guess the subtitle. Mm. So what is the subtitle of Jack Frost 2? Um, He's nipping (laughs) at your nose. (laughs) No? Okay. Well, give the old call a try. Uh, God. God. Deadly deadly winter. (laughs) I like that. No, it's not. Um, 
so the the actual answer is Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. Oh. Wow, I've never <laughs> seen Jack Frost too. Really? So no, never. I think I have. It's like a bikini scene where he turns himself into an ice cube. <laughs> Pretty sure that's part right. two. I don't know. All right, next one. Match the movie to the killer. Oh, a new favorite. Okay, Roman Bridger. Roman. Roman Bridger. Is that a name? Well, I guess you can't tell us. Yeah. Yeah, it's a name. It's a name. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. It could be like a guy that's a Roman that a makes Roman bridges. Bridger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're doing match bridge. the movie. Match the movie. Okay. Would you Roman say Night of Living Bridge? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Roman Bridge. That doesn't. It, it like somewhat a little bit sounds familiar, but I, I can't place that at all. Clue. You guys both give up? Yeah. I thought, yeah. Isn't Ma- there a full clues? No. Oh, I it's thought just, we're, okay. Roman, Ma- Roman Bridger. I thought we were going yes. more clues. Roman here. Bridger is the killer. Oh. I will. I will give you a hint. It's a. It's a massive horror franchise. Oh. Massive horror franchise. Roman. Oh, is it um Scream Three? You are correct. Yes. Oh fuck! Really? Damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's the director. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. right. Or stab three, whatever. Uh Sydney's brother. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mom's a hoe. Hope so. <laughs> All right. M. Night Shyamalan's new movie is called Knock at the Cabin. What's the book? It's based off title. Oh, um, you said it in a couple episodes ago. How was it? Oof. And you, I remember you, it was a better title. <laughs> yeah, much better. Uh, it's weird. What's I behind the cabin door? Incorrect. I got nothing. I don't remember. Nothing? Oh. I, I did just read about this the other day, too, but <laughs> I, I I can't even remember. The title, and I think is a very good book. Hopefully the movie does it justice. Although the author just said he hated the ending from the movie. So see. <laughs> yeah, I heard they completely changed the ending. I did read yeah. that. It is called The Cabin at the End of the World. Mm. Yeah, oh. It's a good name. Uh, interestingly, Todd, he's actually the author is going to be at a screening uh, here in Boston coming oh, up cool. like this week. You gonna uh, do it? Probably not. I think it's on a work night, so I'm not going to make it out, unfortunately. But yeah. all right, tagline. Oh, oh, death doesn't take no for an answer. Death becomes her. Wrong. Bam. Final destination. Correct. Fair nice. <laughs> <laughs> lovely <laughs> all righty three letterbox reviews guess the movie let's do it okay let's go number one all right one of the most inexplicably awful studio movies ever made that i will still find insanely rewatchable okay okay that could be number, so many things number, i know right okay yes this is as bad as its reputation suggests but rock star woman playing guitar randomly is the greatest scene in any of these movies. Hold on, hold on. I have one in mind, but I don't want to say it because I don't want to lose my head. Say it. No, do it. All right, continue. All right, ready for the last one? Uh-huh. He spent the majority of it on a fucking boat. This series is testing my patience. Jason takes Manhattan. Correct. Mm, <laughs> I, I still don't recall the girl playing guitar, though. She does, uh, yeah, it's like a rocker girl playing it. See, right, I have a picture of it, actually, for fun. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember that now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, four clues, baby, four clues. Clue number one, high school kids. 
which can be any clue number two love of body parts oh uh oh I, I want to say it but i don't want to lose my turn so <laughs> all right get ready clue number three school bus school bus high school kids body parts or love of body parts school bus oh Oh, i I got one in mind but again ready ready for clue number four yeah Mm -hmm. every 23 years keep your previous two correct (laughs) what was your what was your your thought on that it it wasn't that (laughs) i had pieces at one time but Mm. anyway I'm, i'm off today all right last question okay which movie franchise is based off an X Files episode? I feel like we got. This. I feel like we've heard this question. Oh, we yeah. talked about this on an episode or something. I think we did too. But uh, I saw. Um, I, so this is actually an original for me. I saw a TikTok about it and I looked it up. And, like, sure enough. Okay. Yeah. What is mm-hmm. Brothers? Wrong. Fucking scary episode though. Yeah. But it's a movie franchise, not. Not the episode mm-hmm. title. I mean, I think Final Destination is a good guess again. But <laughs> it is. Yeah, is it? It is, yeah. <laughs> Final Destination is based off a, an X Files episode. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good show, man. Yeah, amazing show. All right. Big night for Joe. He comes in strong with a big four. Myself, three coming back. Steve with the goose egg tonight. Joe is in the lead with 11. Myself, second place, eight. Steve, third, six. Let's go next week. See what happens. Woo. All right. What are we talking about here? Freddy versus Jason. Freddy versus Jason. All right. Freddy versus Jason directed uh, by Ronnie Yu from 2003. Evil will battle evil. All right. In an attempt to free himself from a state of forgotten limbo, evil dream demon Freddy Krueger devises a plan to manipulate undead mass murderer Jason Voorhees into slicing and dicing his way through the teenage population of Springwood. But when the master of dreams loses control of his monster, a brutal fight to the death is the only way out in this long-anticipated crossover between two of modern horror's most notorious killers. Yeah, so the film starts off with Freddy Krueger bitching. Uh, in the underworld, you know, he's for, he's been forgotten. Uh, he's lost all his power because he's based off fear, right? And no one's remember him anymore. So he searched through hell for someone to help bring his notoriety back to Springwood. And he found Jason Voorhees. Cut to Jason uh, in a little dream sequence where he's, you know, hunting down a girl that's skinny dipping. And then Freddy Krueger pretends to be Pamela Voorhees and tells him, Jason, you can never die. You need to go back to Springwood and teach those kids a lesson. Uh, so Freddy brings him back to life. And Jason goes to Springwood to start killing people. And Freddy's master plan is to get them, the, the town's uh, people to think that the kills are from uh, Freddy Krueger so he can get his strength back and start coming back and shit like that. But it gets out of Freddy's control because Jason's just too damn good at his job because he's a real killer. He's a real go-getter. We are introduced to our new quote-unquote teens that all look like they're 35 years old and uh, they're partying. And we'll just leave it at that because that's the cast that we're going to see fight Jason and Freddy. I've always liked this movie since, you know, so I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it on DVD. And does it have some really bad stuff in it? Absolutely. But overall, I think it's a really fun movie. I really like the the use of just blood, uh, especially during the final scene or sorry, final fight. And I think Jason and uh, Freddy both look great. So overall, I like this one. Yeah, uh, I actually did see this in theaters. I remember 
being so fucking excited going into the theater to see this and seeing it in a in a theater with a sold out crowd it was an amazing experience i softened on it i think a little bit more once i like actually watched it at at, at on home video when kind of the i guess excitement wore off you know because we were waiting for years and years for freddy versus jason i mean it had been rumored since of course jason goes to hell with the infamous last scene when you know uh jason uh yeah, Freddie comes and pulls Jason's mask into hell, and then you know, flash forward ten years, still waiting for it, and finally get it. So I I hadn't watched this movie in you know, in its entirety probably in about seven or eight years. I would say it's been it's been a little bit, but I remember this movie quite well. I think the plot is genius here. I, I really do. I think Jason, uh, Freddie being forgot about and pulling Jason, you know, out to do his dirty work is was great. I think it's a great way. I mean, because how else are you going to do a movie like this? It, it's kind of tough to pull them together. But I think it was a pretty smart way to bring both these uh, franchises together. Jason and Freddie look great in this. Now, of course, the big controversy is Kane Hodder was not asked to come back for this. And yeah, I mean, I think Kane deserved it. I, I think Kane absolutely deserved to to get uh, a call to come back for this. I mean, he was, uh, you know, in the last four movies, he he deserved it. But of course, the director wanted Jason to be a more taller, imposing force. I don't think it was necessary. Like, I understand, like, he wanted Jason to be taller than Freddy for the, the fight scene stuff. I think it still would have worked with Kane. But, you know, that's me kind of digressing here. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I think this is a fine movie. It's fun. It's got it's it's got great moments. Great, fun, turn-off-your-brain type movie. But I think we did deserve better for a Freddy versus Jason movie. I think they could have did, you know, better. But I think it's fine the way it is. I have a lot of problems with it, though. But, yeah, I mean, overall, it, it's a pretty fun watch. So this is a movie that I watch, I'd say, at least every two years. Uh, and I have since I saw it in theaters uh, way back then. And it's, yeah, I mean, is it a great movie? No, there's a lot of issues with it. But I fucking love this movie. I just absolutely adore it. It's it's a fun movie to watch. You know, it's one that you really can't over, like, look too much into the details and just kind of enjoy it for what it is. I mean, you get Freddy and Jason in the same movie. That's so fucking cool. And I think they both look great. I don't mind that they didn't use, you know, Kent Kane Hodder for this. I don't think it made that much of a difference. Now, if they used another Freddy, then I would have felt probably differently. But for Jason, I mean, we've seen a lot of Jasons over the years, so it wasn't that big of a thing uh, other than them, like, you know, I guess doing conventions together for this movie would have been cool. But other than that, didn't do much for me. Uh, I love like the look. I like Jason's mask in this one. I like his kind of uncovered face in this one. And yeah, it's just, it's a blast. You know, I just the fact that we actually got this is a miracle, in my opinion, to have two different franchises crossover. Uh, I don't know if they could do this today with all the rights issues and shit like that, that we they've had over the years. So having this is just fantastic. And, you know, it, it was it's a tough pull because you have to introduce a new story with new characters but also you know you have to give jason his due and you have to give freddie his due and doing that is not easy and i think they did a pretty good job of it you know um they both got ample screen time they both got to kill some people jason more so than freddie because but that's part of the story and that, that final fight it's a blast you know it's just cool to see them fight and yeah i i, I love it it's just the way it is yeah, so um, 
four, uh, the gentleman that was in the insane asylum or psychiatric hospital, he was in there for four years, right? He said, so dumb as fuck Lori, this hot blonde, is not dating because she had a boyfriend in the fucking eighth grade. Give me a break. I think that's the stupidest fucking thing of all time. <laughs> I don't know. And I would, I would fucking clap Freddie's cheeks, man. I, I've said it before. Say it again. He's a bitch. There's no way that he would stand up to Jason in the real world. I did not understand that because when Freddy's in the mortal realm, he doesn't have superpowers, right? And he's like taking like fucking big ass shots and flying through the air and stuff and doing these like flying elbows, which I thought were ridiculous, but it was still fucking really cool to see in the fight. Like I, I fucking loved it, except when they're in the dream world fighting, that was like so dumb. I, I hated that aspect of it. Not only with jason being quote-unquote afraid of water which he is not because he's been in fucking water every movie he uses it to ambush people part six he like gets almost gets tommy in it and so on that's stupid as fuck but what i hated the most about it was like the terrible use of cgi when he's like freddie does this stupid head nod to like throw jason around um and then he just like ragdolls him and he looks like a fucking terrible little cgi puppet and then it, and to add insult to injury they do pinball sound effects i was like get, get out of here you fuck you know, see, to, to me, anything that's in the dream world is, is like different rules than the real world, right? And I think like the pinball thing, is it ridiculous? Absolutely, with the sound effects and everything. But that's what Freddy was for especially the last like three, four movies that he was in, right? And I think it was just paying homage to that. And the water thing, in the real world, he didn't seem to be afraid of water because you see him at near the end on the pier and everything. Only in the dream world did he seem to be really afraid of water. So I wonder if it's different because it's a dream world that it's kind of bringing back like old subconscious childhood. kind of thing right and that's the same thing like a few times in the movie i found myself like okay this is a little ridiculous like i didn't like pamela Voorhees because you know obviously it's not the same actress that played her but then it's like it's not her because it's freddie's interpretation of her so i can kind of accept that it doesn't look exactly like she would you know and at, then there's that other scene where the friends are kind of they have really bad dialogue at one point where they know the whole plot of what freddie's going into and stuff like that i'm like how the fuck do they know all that but then it turns out that that's the dream world that's not the real world that's a conversation freddie's having between himself essentially so i could forgive to me the dream world stuff because it, it plays by different rules but real world stuff that's that's different and when i saw freddy fight it kind of reminded me of when yoda fought in like attack of the clones where it's a character that you, we've never really seen fight like that and all of a sudden he's got these fucking spinning heel kicks <laughs> he's like jumping around and like god damn freddy's a friend's been taking some muay thai on the on the side because uh quit the fighter so i thought that was hilarious so i had a, I had a question about a dream world question that I had that I was confused with. So the stoner pothead, he sees the terrible Freddy centipede, which no one can forgive. That's awful. However, my question is, was the stoner in the dream world acting out, destroying Hypnosil, or was he sleepwalking? Well, Freddy jumps into his body. So basically Freddy has taken over his body and Freddy is the one in dumping the, real world or the, the dream Hypnosil. World? In the real world, I guess, yeah, because like, so right? I, I, well, maybe like so. Maybe when he takes over his body, he's still in his subconscious, is sleeping, right? So Freddy's able to control his body in the real world, kind of like in Nightmare on Elm Street three, where what's his face is sleeping, but in the real world, he's sleepwalking, and Freddy ends up, you know, throwing him off the oh, uh, the, the, the balcony the, there, the dummy or whatever it's called with the 
yeah, where he's got a the, the, the yeah, 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 right, yeah. Awesome. So essentially, he's kind of he's kind of doing the same thing here, where he's controlling him to dump the hypnocil in the real world. I I really did not like that hospital scene like at all either. Like when they go there, I just felt like it was it was more filler than anything interesting. I will say there was cool imagery though with like all of the patients that were in comas from too much hypnocil when they kind of got up and all pointed. That was creepy imagery, but. Uh, yeah over i mean so my biggest problem with this movie is the human characters which i mean i know is not a big deal i guess to some because you know it's freddy versus jason right you only care about freddy versus jason but man when freddy versus jason aren't on screen i it i did not like anything like about this movie i mean there's just like no one's interesting here like there's no none of these characters are good like there's no good character building and i i think some of the best nightmare on elm street and friday 13th movies have good character building you know part one of nightmare on elm street part three of elm street i mean you you care about these characters they build them up even um friday part two i really connected with those characters like when they're out at the the bar and stuff like that yeah yeah and I mean, and that's so important, I think, um, to the plot. And I know, yeah, okay, Freddy versus Jason, this is a battle thing. But man, I think this movie could have been so much better had they actually got better character built, had better character building, and you actually like cared about these characters. Because fucking Kelly Rowland was, I'm sorry, she was terrible in this movie. And when she dude. was fu- when she was trying to fucking like uh, call out Freddy, it was just cringe more than anything. That's, that's exactly and she, my and, notes, dude. and she even throws out like a homophobic slur, which is just terrible, obviously, and made me cringe. I completely forgot about that, yeah, honestly. Um, and I was, so man, that would not fly today. I, I watched a TikTok video mm-hmm. about that. Uh, that was a studio change. So the Jeez. studio wanted that in. The original line was a line that uh, Jason said uh, that that's in from Friday the 13th. And I forget what the line is. And she says it to Freddie, right? And Freddie says something to the effects of wrong franchise, bitch. <laughs> and then Jason's in the back of her and kills her. And that, that was the original intent of that scene. But apparently the studio stepped in and made that horrible fucking homophobic line with the Christmas sweater. So that's, that sucks. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, she's terrible. She's one of the worst characters. I mean, our leading lady here, um lori which no nod to halloween of course you even have um what's her face in the pj souls kind of baseball cap there as well at one scene um yeah i mean i just i don't know i just i just did not really enjoy any of these characters and i felt like we were just going through the motions um until we got to freddie versus jay when freddie versus jason are on screen great other than that though it's, it's not a good movie yeah you know i i I was going to say Kelly Rowland. I even put super cringy as well. So thanks for saying that. Um, and it sucks too. Like when Freddie and Jason finally square off in the burning building, which is a cool ass shot, we immediately cut to fucking Lenderman and whatever that girl's character was. I'm like, we don't give a fuck about Lenderman. Let him fucking die. I don't care. But Lori's performance is like, some point she's like really good. Like she's fake crying and she's like, oh, she's pulling off. But then like other stuff, she's like, completely wooden or like not even fucking there it's like a very strange performance and that goes for everybody like like you said like besides i can't think of anyone that like really stands out as like a solid performance in this i'll give you one and i will i think the best characters in this are the guys from the uh that escape from the mental institution i think they have the best story they're actually interesting characters i really liked the redheaded kid i can't remember his character name in this but i thought 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he gets drugged out to help escape. I think they have the most interesting and best story of this movie. I think maybe the better movie is maybe they were all kind of in the mental institution and then escape or something like that. I think that's a more interesting story, like kids stuck in Weston Hills, almost an homage to part three in a lot of ways. I think that it maybe is better here. But just like all these kids just kind of meandering around i mean the rave scene's kind of cool but even that it only gets good when jason shows up and just starts slaughtering everyone but yeah i mean it's just you know i know like a lot of them are supposed to be going through trauma because like their boyfriend died and stuff but i just yeah i just wasn't uh connecting with any of these characters which i mean other than that though like i think it's still a good like a still really fun movie but i just think it could have been better and that's why yeah one plot point that i really love about this story is that, you know, of course, Freddy brings in Jason to make people remember him. But then Jason starts like stealing his kills and he gets pissed off about it. And I really love that's what ultimately leads them to fight each other is that he's like mad that he's getting his kills stolen by Jason. I thought that was a really cool plot point. I love that scene where he's about to kill someone in the dream world in the boiler room and he can't because Jason did it first. You know, I thought that was really uh hilarious and awesome and i really like and we, we kind of went right to the middle of the movie i like the intro to this movie how it kind of really quickly explains who freddie and jason are just in case i guess this is your first watch i mean it had been a long time since those franchises had kind of ended right at least the mainline franchise so i really like that they show kind of um Freddy before he got burned and a classic like Friday the 13th scene, you know, a woman takes off her clothes, goes swimming, and then Jason goes after her. So I thought that was a really great way to start this whole thing. It's actually my favorite part in the entire movie. Honestly, I think the intro is, is fantastic. And we get, you know, I, yeah, it's probably my, my favorite part of the movie. I don't think it gets much better than that. The, you know, the fight scenes are fun and everything, but I, I think that really tells the story of the characters and everything. And it was great. Like when Jason kills the girl and then like all the other kind of Freddie messing with them with all the other victims kind of going and talking to him and stuff. And you kind of see, I mean, I will say Ken uh, Kersinger who played uh, Jason, I mean, he does a really good job of conveying emotions and stuff through the mask. So, I mean, it was, a, you know, he does, he does a great job uh, as Jason here, but yeah, I mean, just like Freddie, like licking the photo after he killed the child, creep. It's just it's like, gross. it's disgusting, but like, it's really effective. You just say, oh, what a creep, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree, Steve. I love that. You know what's disgusting is the rave dude that oh, yeah. sexually assault that girl. Raping, like, yeah. You vote for Jason to kill his ass. <laughs> like, ugh. Yeah. You know what else is disgusting? That uh, Freddie makes uh, the girl's dad try to make out with her <laughs> in that one oh, that's scene. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Freddie, dude. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. That's what Joe's cosplaying as this, this summer. So My that boy. character. Anyway, here's the child predator, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, he wasn't a predator until part eight, until right. the remake. Yeah. Uh, he's another... a child killer, which is still wrong. That's right. That's right. But... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, he's just a child killer. <laughs> My mistake. Yeah. Um, one thing that I noted, and this brings us back to our new nightmare review last week so at one point freddie gets a demon makeup and i thought wow that is a better demon makeup than new nightmare demon makeup and i thought they should have used that instead i thought that would have been a fucking better job than what they did 100 percent. yeah i actually think i mentioned it in the review last week i i love that look i think it's badass it's very very brief though i wish kind of it was a little longer but uh yeah I, it's fucking badass i actually have a question for i guess todd because he is the biggest friday the 13th fan out of the three of us 
did it bother you that this I, I personally feel like this is more of a Freddy movie than a Jason movie. You know, I feel like it, it almost feels like a Nightmare on Elm Street movie with sort of Jason as a special guest. Do you think Jason like had his fair share of screen time? Did you want because like I wish we got more like half and half, like half at uh, in Elm Street, half Crystal Lake sort of kind of like the intro to the movie where Jason's kind of walking around Crystal, Crystal Lake killing people. Yeah, you know, I think it's a double-edged sword because, you know, similar to Michael Myers, there's no personality there, you know, there's no talking, things like that. And it was kind of shitty that Jason was used as, like, a plot device, you know, to keep it moving forward, and that was pretty much it. And then it honestly fucking pisses me off that he doesn't just stomp Freddy in, you know what I mean? So that's annoying. But, you know, since I love Jason so much, of course, the Jason fan would want me to be, want him to be the centerpiece, but... I also understand that you can't base a movie like that around a silent person. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Like, that's the problem, right? Freddie can talk, so he can kind of set up things a lot more. But I, I thought Jason kind of got his due as well because he does most of the kills, which is, let's face it, that's what we're watching these movies for is to see the unique kills. And the entire end sequence takes takes place at Camp Crystal Lake or whatever it's called now. I think it has a different name uh, by the events of this movie. So, I mean, I think it got. He got his his due for a silent character. I think they got, and they made him almost like the hero. <laughs> you know, they, they kind of played him off as the one you're supposed to root for out of the two. So I thought that was an interesting choice as well. Yeah, they made us sympathetic for sure when she goes into his dream and he's getting picked on. And then like Freddy's drowning him and shit. And then even at the end, <laughs> Jason's like looking up out of the water and she's like fucking like longingly looking at him before he sinks down. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But it makes sense. I mean, if you're going to choose between the guy who kills children and the guy who got beat up by bullies and died as a kid and, and you know, also kills of, children. Well, more, <laughs> more teens than children. I know, I yeah. Know, so, yeah, it's, uh, I would guess you're going to vote for Jason in that case. It's like when you vote in politics, lesser two evils. But right. Jason, come on. Come on, Joe. Please. Jason would stomp him. Admit it. Oh, yeah. No, he definitely would. I mean, I, I think it depends, though, right? Like, cause, and we see it here. Like, if Jason's in the dream world, Freddy's going to beat him because Freddy makes the rules there. But in the real world, absolutely. Yeah, Jason kills Freddy. Right. Which, which kind of brings us to the final fight, right? So, what did you guys think of the final fight? Now, the, the final fight to me is two things. The first part of the fight is like this ridiculous kind of over the top, uh, you know, using fucking um, like air pressure uh, bombs and uh, all those like big moves. The, the rebar and all that. Yeah. But the second part of the fight is them kind of using their own weapons against each other. And I thought that was really cool. So what did you guys think of those? Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I, I agree with Todd a little bit. Like I didn't love the original fight in the boiler room, like in the dream sequences where he's kind of fucking ping, uh, pinballing him around. Yeah. You know, it was okay, but it wasn't really a fair fight, but yeah, I mean the, the fire sequence is fucking amazing. Like absolutely love that. It's just such a badass look. And then, yeah, my absolute favorite though. Yeah. Is when they're finally on the dock uh, of camp crystal Lake with fucking Freddie poking fucking into jason's eyes with the blades that's fucking brutal i loved it fucking jason ripping freddy's arm off and then using the fucking glove to fucking stick it through him at the end i mean this yeah it's badass i loved it yeah 100 percent. it's fucking great and i love when they come into the cabin too and it's like that guitar riff like fucking let's go and it when jason is like crawling away in the dock like and he's just fucking hacking at him and just the blood splatting up it's 
there's not a lot of gore in that scene besides the arm getting ripped off and of course he punches through him but there's a lot of like just fucking blood flowing and i just i love the practical look on that it was it was cool yeah yeah you know what i didn't like about that fight though is when you know jason's on the ground and freddie looks up at him and he says pamela he's like pamela that's my mother's name too and then they stop fighting and then they join forces together that that was a that was a kind of that was, yeah um, jason <laughs> and freddie donna justice yeah that's right <laughs> uh no sir i i really liked the, the the final fight i thought it was thrilling i'm happy that they actually gave us like Freddy versus Jason, right? Because I've seen movies where they promise like a big fight between characters and you don't get it. And that is so disappointing. So I'm glad that they actually went there and had kind of gave them their fight. And I love that they were using each other. But I thought it was just really cool. Uh, you know, especially when he has like, he kills him with his own glove kind of uh, like, well, he has his whole arm. And yeah, it, it, it was, was really, fun. it was really cool when we think Jason's back on the deck or the pier after getting blown off. And then it reveals that it's, is freddy that's like a really cool shot yeah yeah absolutely you guys got any other more notes before i get into the questions nope no all right Uh, let's get into the questions it'll spur a little bit more conversation here so of course you can ask us questions on social media at the horror squad podcast or on our discord first ones are audio questions they are from our boy chuck so chuck what is your first question hey horror squad chuck here with a few questions first question if it was real would you take hypnosil no, no reason to, unless you're chased by a dream demon. Yeah, no, I enjoy my dreams. So yeah, I'm, I'm taking them. I have a ball of hypnosil though in my collection. I, I enjoy <laughs> when I'm in your dreams, Joe. You, you are, you've been in them. Nice. Steve's been in them. It times. Uh, I also have that bottle of hypnosil. I think I got in um, right. one of the boxes. Bam box. Yeah, bam box or <laughs> I think something. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see... I'm on kind of on the other side because all these kids have been dying for years, right? Because of Freddie killing them. And they actually found a solution that can save all the kids from getting killed by Freddie. And they decide that they don't want to take it anymore. And what happens? A bunch of fucking kids get killed again. So is Hypnosil really that bad of a thing? it's kind of preventing all these deaths. Like, you know, I don't want to bring real world shit into this, but it's kind of a debate we're having now where it's like, do we have freedom and have a ton of people die or do we have kind of control at the maybe being everyone safe, right? It's a great, it's a great point, man. And even the blonde character says that like, Oh fuck. Like I, I brought Freddie back to the town's kids, you know, and he, he acknowledges that he fucked up. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Chuck, what is your second question? Fuck, Mary kill, Kelly Rowland, Monica Kina, or Catherine Isabel? Ooh, killing Kelly Rowland, right off the bat, banging Catherine Isabel, and marrying Monica Kina, for sure. Uh, yeah, if I'm basing it off their characters in the movie, I'm absolutely killing Kelly Rowland character. And then, yeah, I think I would agree with Todd. Yeah, fucking Catherine Isabel's character, and then Mary Monica Kina's character. Yeah, if we're going by the movie, I think that would be uh, my order as well. In real life, I, I like Kelly Rowland in real life, so she'd maybe be my Mary in real life. But in the movie, I wasn't a big fan of that character. Uh, mm-hmm. I like Catherine Isabel's like smoking the whole man in this movie. So mm-hmm. yes, so shout out to her. 
What's your uh, boyfriend and, say? Don't make, don't make me tell you again, babe. Oh, fuck, what an <laughs> asshole. I love his kill, though. Kill's yeah, uh, well, best kill in the movie, probably. I, yeah. I, I agree, yeah, for sure. And uh, Chuck, what is your final question? With Kane Hodder being replaced by Ken Kersinger to play Jason and Robert England coming back as Freddy, well, let's say in a the future they do Freddy versus Jason part two and Robert England's not available, who's your pick to take the mantle? Thanks, guys. Look forward to the episode. Have a good one. I mean, it's so tough to replace Robert England. Hey, I mean, I know Kevin Bacon's expressed some interest, so why not? Let's give it a shot. Uh, I don't know the actor's name, but he was in Freddy vs. Jason. Scott Farkas from Christmas Story. And oh, yeah. I yeah. think he looked pretty convincing as like a creep. Zach Ward. There you go. I think he could pull it off. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, because you're doing Freddy versus Jason 2, I think I'd give Jackie Earl Haley another shot, but using like a more traditional Freddy as opposed to his Freddy, because, you know, we've seen with Hayden Christensen giving him another shot, like another lease at life, and he nailed it out of the park. And you gave Brendan Fraser another shot, and he's nailing it out of the park. You know, you, I think sometimes they just had like the wrong movie or the wrong role, and I'd like to see him get another shot and kind of see what he can do with the character. That's what I would do. So thank you, uh, Chuck, for the questions. We really appreciate it. So the next question comes to us from Cozy Fall Girl 13. What you guys from any other horror icons will you want to be against? So what other two characters from a horror franchise would you like to see fight each other? Candyman versus Leprechaun, just yeah. like we talked about with Tony Todd. Let's see. I, I still can't <laughs> believe someone even... <laughs> entertained that idea <laughs> yeah mm. i don't know I, I i would would have loved to seen ash and something man i know they didn't why they didn't do it because they wanted that was that was supposed to be yeah. freddie versus jason too they're supposed know, to introduce ash it would have been amazing yeah ash versus would have been. been cool mm-hmm. yeah i don't know like it's it's a tough tough question i mean to me i always thought like leprechaun versus chucky because they're both wise asses and they're you know i mean leprechaun would probably defeat chucky because he's got like actual powers and stuff but if they made freddy with the dream world work with jason i think they can make leprechaun and chucky work as well so that's at least my thought with that i think it'd be interesting i, I just want a new leprechaun it's been a long time since we've seen uh, anything in the leprechaun world mm-hmm. chucky versus the puppet masters <laughs> right all of them <laughs> All right, so the next question comes to us from your geeky neighbor. That's Joseph. I know the film's ending is left open to, for discussion, but who's the winner or not? I believe Freddy won. Uh, it's just too bad the studios couldn't decide whether or not they really inc- wanted to include Ash in the movie or not. The studios didn't like the idea of Ash not getting killed and had to be the winner of the fight against Freddy or Jason. Of course, Ash has to be the winner in the long run. Am I right? Great fun film. I remember when they re- when that movie released originally it was so such a fun experience in the theater the crowd was having a ball with it yeah i actually had read that it wasn't the studio that wanted ash i think it was it was from what i heard it was bruce campbell like bruce campbell said i'll only come and do this movie if i win and i guess that was part of the sticking point because i think obviously I, they I agree with it though yeah, I kind of agree with it too. You can't really kill Ash like he's supposed to be the hero, right? Like so 
I get it, but I, 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 there was some sticking point. I don't even know who they wanted to win. I don't know if they wanted Freddie and Jason to kill off Ash and then, but I don't know. We'll never know, unfortunately. As far as the ending, I too agree. I think Freddie wins. I know Jason is holding his head, but I think Freddie winking at the end signifies that Jason is in Freddie's sort of dream world. So that was my interpretation of it. I'll just disagree to disagree. I think Jason wins because he's holding his severed head. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go Jason in this one, you know, for the same reason as Todd said. I mean, I think Freddie just still alive, you know, still somewhat conscious. So he's he's still there, but he's clearly lost, you know, at least that fight. He, I mean, they're you know, both alive still, right? He lost the battle, not the war, right? That's that. So they're setting up the sequel. And I would have loved to see Ash. Of course, there was also the rumor that they were going to use Pinhead to uh, end this movie. And I think that might have worked more. At least just as a teaser for this movie, because, you know, they're kind of sending him to hell, which would have been really cool uh, and would have fit better with kind of the ending of uh, Jason Goes to Hell. So, you know, have Freddy versus Jason 2 in hell. So that would have been pretty awesome as well. So uh, thank you, Joseph, for the question. Uh, Next one is from Mike. Two iconic monsters duking it out has been a fun idea for some time now. What monster slash slash slasher? tag team movie matchup would you like to see on the big screen so we talked about versus what about a tag team i got it because i thought i saw this question earlier so i thought i had time to think about it i'm gonna go pennywise and art the clown versus the killer clowns i love that (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think pennywise and art got it right yeah probably because like penny well because yeah i think because pennywise can literally pretty much morph into whatever he wants so yeah and art and art has some supernatural tendencies as well which we're coming to find out and learn about so he's a baby head the killer the killer clown's got their cotton candy guns though fucking the right shot and they can turn them into cotton candy so can't top that answer yeah (laughs) that's a great answer so we're just gonna go with that the next series of questions, and I believe the last series of questions, are from Caleb. While this wasn't my first intro to Jason, Jason X as a four-year-old, this was the first horror movie I remember seeing in theaters. What is your first memory of these two icons? Ooh, great question. Very good oh, question. That last one was great, too, man. We can talk about that all night. Team ups oh, yeah. and everything. Yeah. Always a great I also would love to see the Jin and Leprechaun team up against <laughs> someone because they're both like you know magical i wonder why um, we haven't seen one of those movies either for a while yeah. no yeah we haven't seen a wishmaster a leprechaun uh, they, yeah. they only did three minute. right wishmasters I, yeah, uh, yeah i think yeah, so, yeah. yeah there's a three okay such three. yeah huh. yeah and leprechaun i mean i don't really count the new ones i only count the warwick well, davis the last one was pretty so. cool it was okay. Yeah, yeah. It had its it definitely was decent. Better than I don't know. Origins. I wonder if they're Holy gonna... fuck, that Origins was bad. Origins bad, yeah. Yeah, but I think Lyndon Porco could like come through with another oh, good yeah. one. Yeah. He's sure. Good. He was great, yeah. I still follow him on social. He's he's been doing uh like bodywork for the Chucky TV series, I think. Nice. And stuff like that. So yeah. All right, now I lost my train of thought on the question. Oh, first experience in the franchises. Okay. Yeah. Um God, I think I mean definitely Elm Street was i think first part one i think i watched it with my sisters when i was like a really young age and then with friday the 13th probably part eight i want to say was the first one i actually watched um in its entirety and again definitely at a younger age and it honestly might have been 
my friend Mike who just sent the question in. He's like one of the biggest Friday the 13th fans I know other than Todd. And we I used to watch so many Friday the 13th movies with him as a kid. Well, Mike is, Mike is legit. Mm-hmm. I honestly cannot remember, to be honest. Um, one of the first Freddy memories is the VHS tape of part four. That really cool um, back art. But man, I, I cannot recall first time seeing either of them. Uh, I I remember my first time seeing a Nightmare on Elm Street. It was my cousin's birthday. Uh, he had a he's born October 29th, so it was like a Halloween party. So it kind of fit the mood as well. Friday Thirteenth, I don't remember the first time, but it was very young as well because I remember I dressed up as Jason, probably like 1990, so I was eight, very poorly on my ad. It was like a hockey mask, not actually Jason's mask, and you know how it is. But uh, yeah. That's probably, I don't remember exactly when I first saw it. I dressed up as Freddy Krueger in kindergarten and I can't even imagine. Am and my, par- and my parents let me go to school, That's like dressed so up as Freddy Krueger in kindergarten. Because I, I remember so vividly when I was in kindergarten, all the kindergarten class would like walk through all the other classes, like in elementary school is like sort of a parade. So like everyone could see your costumes. And I remember being in my Freddy outfit and like, I'm just like, wow. Like, I don't even think like, schools are so soft now i don't even think no, they would allow like a kindergartner to dress as freddy <laughs> my, my kids aren't even allowed to go to school in any costume right yeah. oh wow Crazy. But, um, everyone else was like a fucking power ranger and then you're, you're fucking freddy that's funny yeah it's crazy so i dressed up as freddy when i was 11 uh for the first time and i remember this vividly because it really marked me i i had so obviously i didn't have like official merch right i took one of my like mom's sweaters which was uh black and gr- and red as opposed to green and red and someone gave me shit for it like at a door while i was trick-or-treating like you're wearing the wrong sweater it's supposed to be green and red like fuck off dude it'd it's, be one of, it'd be like one of us today <laughs> yeah i know but like in the 90s they didn't really sell shit like that at no, the time you know no. costumes were not as elaborate as they are now so like fuck off i'm a fucking that's kid so funny. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> that, and i'll, I'll never hilarious. forget that that moment you know it's just yeah, crazy time. Um, yeah. His next question. Be, supposed to be green or red, stupid. What are you <laughs> yeah, doing? Exactly. <laughs> God, can you imagine didn't get any candy or something? <laughs> so his next question. They make Jason very sympathetic in the movie. He's already a bit sympathetic with his backstory, but it was amped up in this one. Was this a good idea or did it hurt the movie? Uh, yeah, no, I think a, a good idea. I, I thought, I, yeah, I mean, it's tough, like, you know, to get these... T- two characters sort of together and you had to do what you had to do. You had to kind of play around with it. And I, I for the most part, I think it worked. I agree. Uh, what did you guys think of him reverting back to his child self in the dream world? Do you think that was uh, good or too much? I, I was okay with it. I, I don't love that it was, oh, well, Jason's afraid of water now. But after your explanation, Steve, I, I really didn't really think of that. I think it that's makes sense and it works. And I loved the imagery of Freddy sticking his uh, glove through child Jason's head to get like into his brain, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And and that kind of gives more credibility to my theory, right? Because he reverts back to a child because I think Freddy's realm kind of is messing with his fucking head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about you, Todd? Did you like that scene as a big Friday the 13th? No, I, I think along with other Friday fans, it's fucking not cool, but I think the more effective would have been having them have a fight, you know? and not have the water scaring thing. And then Freddy takes them deeper into the dream world like he did. And then I think it was really cool when he was a kid 
getting picked on because that like reestablished, you know, that we're feeling sorry for Jason. So I think that was correct, but just not the whole waterfall fucking blocks his machete shot and all that stupid shit. Right. Um, and then Caitlin finished off with finally, my dad and I always debate who really won. I say Jason, but he says Freddie, wink, wink, thoughts, Team Voorhees. So we already said who we thought won so yeah i mean obviously it was it was it was a great decision i guess to do that last shot because it's it sets up the debate that who won who truly won and i think like steve said i think i think steve said this jason may have won the battle but i think freddie won the war yeah so thank you everybody for the questions we really appreciate them cannot do the segment without you and uh how about we uh we rate this thing yeah let's do it i'm gonna double down I think not, I'm going. I think New Nightmare is a better movie. I I really at the end of the day, this movie's fun, but I enjoyed. I'm more of like a you know interesting, unique storyline kind of guy. I think New Nightmare did a lot of different things and was unique. You can hear my review in the last episode. I think this is a is a fine movie though. I mean, it's super fun. Freddy vs. Jason duking it out, but when they're not on screen, I. I found it to be a bit of a chore to get through at times. Now, I still think it's a it's a really fun movie. I can watch it anytime with anyone just because there's, so, there's a lot of fun to be had. But I think the movie definitely has a lot of problems. I think as, you know, a massive Freddy and, uh, you know, I'm a, a big Jason fan as well. I think we deserved better. I, I'm just glad the movie got made, though, at the end of the day. I'm glad that we did get a Freddy vs. Jason movie. But I think uh, as a you know, all of us being big fans of both franchises and fans of horror, I think we could have gotten a better movie. But as it stands, it's fine. I give it uh, three out of five. What'd you give New Nightmare then? 3.5? Yes. 3.5? Okay. I'm a three and a half out of five for Freddy vs. Jason. I, you know, at the end of the day, it's a fun movie. And I love Jason, dude. Uh, I think it's a far better film than New Nightmare. Um, for various reasons, but yeah, 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, so it's funny because I'm kind of in between you two, like Todd's the Jason guy, <laughs> Joe's the Freddy guy. I'm in between. I like them both, but those two are like more intense on each side, but because I guess I didn't have as much skin in the game, I just had more fun more fun with it, I guess, because I give it a 4 out of 5. I fucking love this movie. I just love watching it. Like I said, I watch it every two years, I'd say around Halloween usually, and uh, it's just a fun movie to watch and it's great i get to have both my jason and freddy fix in one movie so totally yeah i love it great yeah and we'll probably never see a sequel unfortunately i you know there's um i mean there's a lot of great stuff online you can look up of you know the script for freddy versus jason 2 and the ideas they had and they were pitching and everything but yeah unfortunately it just never came to be and then of course with the whole Friday 13th lawsuit fiasco that pretty much killed any sort of semblance of there ever being a sequel and yeah I don't even know who owns the rights now to either movie uh you know so I know the Craven estate took back over Elm Street but I don't even know what's going on still don't even know what the hell's going on with Friday 13th oh you can watch Dylan's new nightmare if you want your Freddy fix <laughs> that's right coming up this year <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I what's I I mean, what do you guys think is is next? I mean, obviously we know what's going to happen with Friday Thirteenth, the TV series on Peacock's coming out, which I'm super excited for. And I mean, yeah, hopefully Elm Street gets its due soon. It's been so long. I mean, what's it been over ten years now since yep. we've had an Elm Street movie? Yeah, yeah. 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 it's crazy. Ten for Elm Street, twenty nine for. <laughs> it's just like 
man, that fan base is so rabid too. Like it's just fucking like sitting there right for the picking for a studio to just make bank on it. And I don't know what they're waiting on, you know, whether it be Robert or they're just scared of casting another Freddy, but we'll, we'll, we'll get something eventually. So, so stay tight horror fans. Yeah. So that's it for this episode. Freddy we, versus we, Jason. Oh, go for we it. We do have one more important business uh, to attend oh, this, shit. this episode. Okay. So we have a tradition on this podcast, which despite Todd not wanting to do it, I'm forcing him to do it anyway. And something we've done since the beginning of the podcast, and I think we should continue it this year, our annual Super Bowl bet. So oh, that's right. We each pick a team, and the loser gets uh, you know a bad movie chosen for them to have to watch as their punishment. So, you guys want to pick a team? I I'm I'm taking the Eagles in this one. I I think it's gonna be a close matchup a close game um i like both teams i think they're both very good very competitive i just feel like the eagles have really been blowing out teams in the playoffs whereas the chiefs have been a lot closer games so i like the eagles um this sucks because i hope they both lose somehow it's <laughs> canceled and i just eat wings and have fun 49ers my favorite team they lost the eagles and Bengals my second favorite team they lost the fucking chiefs so mm-hmm. i think the eagles are the better overall team um, I think the defense has the edge and Patrick Mahomes still has a high ankle sprain. So we'll see if he can run around. So I'm taking the Eagles. All right. Well, we need a bet. So, yeah. Uh, so just for the record, I picked the chiefs and they lost to the Buccaneers. I picked the chiefs. Uh, I didn't pick the chiefs. They fucking won the Super Bowl, So I lost again. Okay. So by taking the chiefs, I think Philadelphia, you should prep a, uh, a Super Bowl party because uh, <laughs> I have no fucking luck with the chiefs in the stupid Super Bowl, but I will take them because I need a movie. And um, because it's two to one, I will gladly take a punishment movie from each of you. I've already seen it. So yeah. I don't care again. Um, we'll force you to watch it. Yeah, and if I win though, you each get a separate uh, okay. punishment movie. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, there it is folks. The Super Bowl bet. So stick around. So watch the Super Bowl and you'll be able to, you know, have a little bit of root and interest for fans of the show but that'll be it for this week's episode we hope you enjoyed our review of freddie versus jason next week our very special valentine's day episode we decided to do something a little different we're gonna do a little bit of a comedy with some horror elements as we review so i married an axe murderer starring mike myers yeah i mean i think we're all excited to check that one out it's been a while i think since any of us have seen it have it is this all uh secondary watches or is this a first watch for anyone i mean i saw it probably like 94 so okay yeah yeah, like 30 30 years ago so i think i don't don't remember at all pretty pretty fresh watches so yeah so uh go and check out so i married an axe murderer i don't know where it's streaming but i'm sure it's streaming somewhere yeah and that's it check us out on all of our social medias facebook twitter instagram you can email us anytime the horror squad podcast at gmail.com and the absolute best way of course is our discord several channels in there to talk anything and everything horror and non-horror just send us a dm on any of our uh, socials and we will get you a link to join our discord don't forget stick around for our interview with wayne w johnson immediately following this little spiel enjoy and we'll see you guys next week see ya bye yeah Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Horror Squad podcast, where tonight we are joined by a very special guest. Horror fans will know him from his many roles in the the genre, including Tales of Dracula, House Shark, and, of course, Night of Something Strange. 
please welcome actor Wayne W. Johnson. Wayne, thanks so much for joining us tonight. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me here, and thank you for including the W. <laughs> there's, there's, like yeah. over, there's like 30 plus Wayne Johnsons on IMDb alone, and over 300 in central New York, so... Oh, wow. my, hair only, my hair will only get me so far. <laughs> so um, to start off, our listeners might not know this, but we ended up uh, hooking up this interview uh, because we caught wind somehow that, uh, you know, you you found out that we were going to be covering Night is Something Strange and you were kind enough to tag us in, uh, you know, the, the film and tag us on social media and stuff. So I guess the first question is, how did you find out we were going to even be covering this movie? That's a trade secret. <laughs> no, um, uh, actually, I don't really fully remember. I think uh, every once in a while, I I just I do the vein thing, the Wayne Vein thing, um, where I just you know check hashtags and uh, Google, you know, the movie or myself or other projects to see if there's any new reviews or things. And um, the Horror Squad podcast popped up, and I was like, oh, great! They're and they're. They haven't reviewed it yet so the first thing i did as you guys know is i left a comment saying are you guys going to do the unrated version or the pg-13 version and uh i was hoping it was the unrated version because the pg-13 it has its place but it basically neuters the the, the movie because you can see that for free on youtube and i so it's like youtube's <laughs> youtube and um sorry i'm just still learning how to speak here um <laughs> you know but it's, you know, I, I just saw that and that was really cool. And I was like, oh, you know, and um, on my personal page, um, shameless plug here, WayneWJohnson.com, I actually have a section in the news area that um, I have this whole long list of reviews just on Night of Something Strange, the good, the bad, and the ugly, <laughs> you know, so, uh, and there's been some of each. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's people that absolutely love this movie and there's people that absolutely hate it with a passion. Uh, so yeah, I can understand both, you know, and, um, well, honestly, yeah. I can't even imagine a cut being PG 13 for this film because no. it is glorious when you watch an unrated and like PG 13, my God, that'd be a downer. It's for free on YouTube. So you can actually see it on there. And, um, it's definitely, there was something, I think the, the premiere of it, me, uh, Michael Merchant, uh, the guy with, uh, behind the dumpster. And uh, the guy who um, was who likes peanuts, <laughs> so you guys are saying. And uh, also the, the peanut uh, eater. <laughs> yeah, him and uh, the director. I think we were part of the chat initially, and we're watching this. And I can't speak for the other guys. I just know with me, it's like, wow, it's a lot shorter, <laughs> you know. And uh, it's um, it's definitely it definitely changes the vibe. I mean, there's still some stuff in there, but you know, the real good core stuff. Uh, uh, so it is what it is. So why don't you take us back, I guess, to the beginning um, with Night of Something Strange? You know, how, how did you get involved in the project? And, you know, what was your initial reaction when you when you read the script for it? Well, um, believe it or not, I mean, I know the, the movie came out in 2016, but it actually most of it was filmed in 2011. Believe it or not, out in um, Stephen City, uh, Virginia. And uh around that time um i was a full-time actor for three years and that was my first year so i was more than willing to do whatever it took to kind of prove myself and uh i was already in contact with ron bonk he's one of the producers he's also um director of house shark and um 
Miss Cannibal Holocaust, among other films. And uh, him and Jonathan Strayton, who was the director of Night of Something Strange, they're a team and they do a lot of writing and producing and directing and starring in each other's projects. Um, so Ron was already doing, um, working on music videos for my band, Caroline Blue, you know, a melodic hard rock band, kind of like uh, we've been compared to Kiss with uh, touches of typo negative, depending on the song and some other things and stuff like that. So he was already doing um, a couple of videos for us. And so I got within his network and I saw that they were looking for somebody to play um, the lead zombie in this movie called Night of Something Strange. And I went, yeah, I'll do it because I'd hardly done anything at that point. Um, I didn't realize until after I got the script how depraved the script was. Um, and uh, but I was like, okay, I'm I'm game for this. Let's see, let's see how far this goes. And uh, it went pretty far. <laughs> it was uh, it was quite the experience and um, a lot of great stuff. But I also, having said that, I I injured myself. I injured other actors. Unfortunately, I injured property uh, during this. Uh, so, all right, you can't just say you injured actors. <laughs> I know, right? Telling us what happened. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one of the one of the good ones. Um, remember the scene in the bedroom with uh, me and uh, Nicola Fiore, uh, girl who I uh, bash her head in with a TV. Okay, so part of the whole thing, obviously, I didn't hit her with a real TV, and that was actually a very solid older TV. So that it wasn't like something that would just like bounce off your head. It would it would probably fracture your skull if not more. So obviously we had to get her out of the way. So they, they had a, a cutscene. It's a little bit of CGI type of thing where, you know, I, I have the TV raised up over my head and then, um, or pretending like I am, I think my hands were hidden at that point out of frame. And then I actually grab one of her legs because she's petite compared to me. And I, I kind of push her off the bed. Okay. And then, uh, then they have just the, the plate, the bed. And then later on, I, crashed down with the tv so it looks like it went right into her head well when um i tend to get a little overzealous i mean again it's my first year and i was really kind of I'm, I'm not any by any means saying i'm a method actor but i am i subscribe to it to a degree and i definitely got into it maybe a little too much at times um because sometimes you know it's, you know thinking about the zombie it's like he's just it's total focus you know you just it's just kill and that's it nothing else so I kind of got into that mindset. And um, when I was supposed to just kind of move her off to the side, I kind of grabbed her and almost threw her off the bed. <laughs> and her knee hit like an old heater on the side. And I could see from the distance, like this bruise just on her knee going, <sighs> it was like swelling up. And I'm like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I think there's an outtake somewhere where you can see my shoulders kind of go like this. <laughs> like, like I realize, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. oh. Is this PG-13 or is this, can I swear? Oh, swear away. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, I was like, damn. You know, I, I didn't, and she's like, okay. That's okay. That's okay. You'll pay later. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> but, um, but she, she was a trooper. She did a great job. And uh, there's some other things too. I mean, there's times where uh, I get, like I said, I'm single-minded, so I'm not really aware of, what's around me or who I'm in front of. And sometimes I'll just barrel them through like another scene um, when uh, we're in the big parking lot and uh, you got Trey, who's Dirk, you know, the, the big hero and everything. And I'm dragging him across the parking, the parking lot in there. I'm partially deaf in my right ear. <laughs> so the director's yelling cut and I'm 
still going. I'm still dragging him across and there's all these rocks that are on the pavement and he's got padding on, but he's like, stop. And I'm just like, you know, stuff like that. Right. All part of the fun. Um, no, of course. Yeah. Um, so how was the, uh, you know, this movie seemed like it was a blast, you know, to, to work on. So, you know, how was the vibe on set uh, and the chemistry between you and, you know, all the other actors? Um, they all wanted to stay away from me because I was going to kill them all. <laughs> no, no. Um, everything was great. I mean, um, again, this was kind of my first year. Uh, actually, for a lot of people, I think they were newer. Um, I might have actually been, um, I don't think I was the one with the most experience, but I had some coming in, but not a lot, Not definitely not to this scale. And uh, we all just got along and it was, it was great. Um, a lot of us roomed in the same rooms because we stayed there initially for the first three weeks. We actually lived in that hotel, um, stains and all. <laughs> it was like, it was one of those ones where you wore um, flip-flops into the shower because there's so many things in that you didn't want to touch exposed flesh to um one of those places i guess uh it was described to me as a place where somebody got out of jail for a while and they needed a place to stay and they had no money that's where they went <laughs> um and uh but you know in the initial three weeks i actually got my own room but then i had to share after a while when we were doing retakes and stuff like that and that's fine everyone was cool Every, you know they all got along pretty well um there was a couple of things here and there. Of course, you know, get people flared up because emotions run high sometimes and stuff like that. But uh, especially in a movie that's intense like this, where you're doing stuff and, you know, but other than pretty much great times. We got along pretty well. Um, you know, you can always get them back when, when it comes to the, you know, especially a zombie, you can always get somebody back. <laughs> Later on, you can take it out on the film. No, I'm, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> now uh you know i gotta say your zombie look in this movie was was awesome the makeup effect work in this movie in general was really great especially and all the practical effects uh in general so can you take us through you know all of you know the makeup process how long were you in the chair for and just some of the other practical effects you, you dealt with um i was usually in the chair for a little over an hour depending um and it also depended because um not to name any names here, but um, the first guy who was on, because he got fired, um, he uh, basically, he kind of wasn't as consistent as you would normally think. I mean, because like the first couple of times I was wearing like uh, like kind of grease paint type makeup. And then all of a sudden he came in and did airbrushing, <laughs> which totally is a totally different look. And part of that is, oh, just put more blood on him. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> um, and I'm, the uh, but you know, they were all great. It's just sometimes, again, sometimes tensions would flare up and stuff because, you know, you need, you need it on the set right away, but you're still being done. My first night was actually quite painful because um, I had those uh, special effect contacts in and uh, nobody knew until the last minute that I was allergic to the solution. So my eyes were in major pain. Uh, and I was waiting because um, we we started at around nine o'clock. Everyone started rolling in and getting into makeup and everything like that. By about 11, we would start filming. I wasn't needed until five in the morning, but I was already done up at 11 and I had all this stuff on me, which means I couldn't rub my eyes at all. <laughs> so and I, I could barely do anything. And um, meanwhile, it's like just in, just sat there in pain. And sometimes the contacts would flare up and uh go through that again and stuff like that but 
for me, I mean, the other people, I'm not sure how long it took for them to get made up. Um, mine was a little more elaborate when they first did me, they, they did the whole thing with the appliance. Um, it did come loose sometimes because uh, part of it went over my mouth. So of course the moisture gets, gets in there and stuff, but I'm a notorious sweater, so to speak. Um, makeup artists like double their rates when they hear that I'm coming on because I sweat almost everything off at some point. And, uh, and a lot of times it's funny. You know, it's just like, there was one, there's some, some pictures behind the scene pictures, I think where uh, I still haven't posted them up yet. It looks like I, I have a goiter because it's coming off here. <laughs> it's just like sticking out here. And at one point they even, um, I guess they didn't have the latex because when we got to, to the next artist, the first artist was using a adhesive called dragon skin, I believe. And it's a silicone based one. It's very, it's very strong, but it's also easy. You can just peel it right off. The second guy had to use latex. And which, of course, when you try to take that off, it disintegrates into a million pieces on your sideburns and it's a bitch to get off. Uh, I'd usually be in a shower for about 40 minutes trying to get all this stuff off of me. You know, I, I was usually the last one in bed outside of maybe a crew member or two trying to put everything away. But it's like at one point, um, it was, the thing was coming loose. The appliance was coming loose on the bottom. So they were like, oh, just duct tape it <laughs> and coat it with blood. This is duct taping also my hair to my skin and everything. So we got through it. I don't think they used any of the footage, unfortunately, which actually that's a good thing because it didn't look that great. But then we were like, we were, that was at the gas station. Okay. And uh, the owners there were like, you guys got to go, you know, we got, you know, and I'm like, I'm in the bathroom trying to rip this stuff off and I'm ripping hair and everything else. And it was very painful. So that's an example of where I was getting injured and just sometimes it was very painful for me, but Hey, you know, no guts, no glory, right? Yeah, well, it uh, it worked out in the end for the movie, definitely. It gets me more. It definitely gets me pissed when I'm filming. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, where I've I've been. There's some reviews where saying he's like really intense. It's like, yeah, I'm in pain sometimes. <laughs> you know, so I'm letting it all out. You know, was uh, is there a sequence in the movie, like whether it's a gore gag or uh, or whatever, that is your favorite sequence? Um. That's a good question. There's a lot of good ones in there. Um, yeah, it's hard to choose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the most memorable ones um, that I remember is in the beginning where uh, some other reviewer called it the Donald Trump move. <laughs> they did to uh, um, in the beginning with Cornelius, where he rips, goes up the dress and oh, <laughs> grabs it right by. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but in the script, um, I was supposed to just rip that out. Okay, uh, I, for whatever reason, came up with the idea of putting it in my mouth <laughs> and spitting it out. And the thing was, it would go on that floor and then I would just grab it and put it right back in my mouth. And because Jonathan's notorious for multiple takes each time for the most part. It's very rare when it's like only one or two takes. So I have to put that thing back in my mouth, put it out again. You know, just, just, you know, it was just kind of, that's a very memorable one. Um, it's kind of weird when I first saw the film. I mean, again, it was, it was filmed in 2011 for the most part, but then it premiered in 2016 and I'm looking at it in the theater and I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> it's like, I, I normally have a disassociation like with the person that's on the, on the screen. You know, I, I have this weird disassociation thing between myself and what I'm when I see myself on whatever screen it is, but this one was really like, wow, it was thinner, <laughs> um, more in shape. <laughs> I was uh, definitely more bold. 
you know, and uh, doing stuff that I'm like, oh shit, I forgot that I did that. I don't remember doing that. I forgot about uh, beating off in the bushes and stuff. And How could you forget? I was kidding. There's one. There's one gag that happened. I I don't know if Jonathan still has it on video somewhere because he was laughing his ass off when it happened. Um, in the beginning, when I get hit by the truck, um, he uh, we actually did that in his driveway. <laughs> you know, that was one of the. You know, because we couldn't get the hotel for whatever reason and, or and other people. So we had to get that. And he, somebody was driving the truck and it just slowly back into it. And when it hit me, that's when I reacted, which that's usually what happened anyways. And I'd have to wait until I got hit and then I would react, which is more natural. Well, I fell into the back of the truck one time and I don't know why I just farted. <laughs> and I was just like, and he, kept, he kept playing it over and over again. This is a great thing to put on on an interview here um uh i didn't shart like uh like what happened to brooklyn <laughs> you know gosh that scene man yeah. when he sharts yeah. on his face it, it was just it was just a dry one and it just uh and i know jonathan was laughing his ass off he constantly kept playing it over and over again um, so there's that i don't know if that is anywhere in the archives so um were you able to take any like kind of souvenir whether it's from like your costume or i don't know a cool prop from set um jonathan still has uh the the outfit and the hat uh i have the watch um the appliance i some i think i almost want to say somebody from johnny z has it <laughs> you know the, there's another movie that uh <clears throat> like a lot of pictures um especially the indie pictures they uh a lot of times if um a director finds a, a group of actors and crew that work well together he'll cast a lot of the same people not always the exact people but like because like for example um jonathan's also doing johnny c so i'm in it trey's in it michael merchant's in it you know we're all from nos and then house shark all three of us are again in that one but that's more of ron's thing so um there was a promotional thing where they had NOS condoms. I have one of those around. Um, uh, it's weird because I think at one point, Jonathan asked me if I wanted the appliance. And for whatever reason, I said no, because I'm, I'm notorious for trying to collect everything. I'm my biggest fan. So I try to uh, collect everything that I do. And for so, I think I was just so worn out and tired by that point. I, I didn't, probably didn't even realize what I was talking about. I thought, well, we'll save it for the next one. Although they're probably going to have to make a brand new one because um, what they should have done is done it in two or three sections. So it'd be easier not only to take off, but it'd, be, it'd adhere better. But it was like one big appliance from basically the top of my forehead down to the Adam's apple or even down to the collarbone. And the problem with that is, in addition to partially over my mouth, they have to keep adding adhesive to it to make it stick to my skin so it gets heavier. So of course there's more chance of it falling off. And there were a couple of times it did. Um, and uh, which just reminded me of another scene where I had to, uh, with Nicola, where I, at the end, the, the kill shot is taking her legs and, you know, doing what I did. Um, I actually have behind the scenes pictures. I, I'm not sure why but i uh 
we had like a dummy made up <laughs> with her panties right there and they made it extremely hairy <laughs> and i had to do that for <laughs> several takes and stuff and it was just like i don't know if that footage is still around somewhere i guess we'll see that was a kind of a favorite time there yeah. too. <laughs> how uh i guess when was the last time you watched the film yourself? Is it like something you revisit every... Every once in a great while. I mean, for yeah. a while, I was watching it a lot. And then you get used to it. And it's kind of like... Uh, and then other people talk about it. Plus, you got other things you're doing, too, and stuff like that. I'm right. still a big fan of it. Uh, but I not a, I haven't seen it in a while. Um, I think the last time was that PG-13 one. Okay. Um, about a year or two ago, I think. So, so maybe you can clear something up for me, then. Because we were talking about it when we reviewed it. When mm -hmm. your character gets back from the morgue and someone's cooking him breakfast, is that your mother or your wife <laughs> slash girlfriend? I actually have a feeling this would pop up because I, <laughs> I listened to the review. Um, what it was, it was supposed to be, now this might have changed. This is a question for Jonathan more than anything else, but it was supposed to be my wife. Um, it would be more disgusting if it was someone playing the character's mother. Uh, and maybe that's the way it is. Um, I can't explain what, I mean, a lot of people came to that conclusion, but I was always told it was the wife. Um, now, whether that changed, cause that can happen, you know, it's, I, you know, all of a sudden they go, Hey, it sound cool. If it was the wife, you know, his mother, you know, it'd be more disgusting. It's like, and it definitely would be. So that's a Jonathan question. Awesome. Um, so I want to talk about a little bit about your other films, because once uh, we knew about this interview, I kind of went down the rabbit hole of your films. And <laughs> um, <laughs> one role I really liked you in is in House Shark as Darth Squanto. Now, unfortunately, uh, it's a short role, but uh, what was it like being on that set and playing that uh, kind of Star Wars-ish character? Well, that was, that, was, um, that was another one that was... Uh... Ron contacted me and we actually in a pre another interview that we did previously he was saying because initially I thought I you know there was a couple of auditions for that role but he specifically made that role for me and that's the same with Trey with Michael um, and everyone else and that was fun again it was short but um, it was a little I was sweating my ass off in that outfit um, especially when we were in the office because they had no AC and it was like June or July so I was losing weight at that point <laughs> you know with that um, that was a lot of fun. Um, and Ron gave me some leeway. That whole thing I did with the, the hands and all that stuff, that wasn't in the script. I was just telling the story. I just came up with that on my own, that whole thing. And um, I just kind of leaned into the whole Sith Lord thing. And um, there's just some, just some interesting, funny stuff. We were talking about you know, there's a guy, for example, his name is Lance Wagner. He is, I, I kind of unofficially called him the, the president of the Darth Squanto fan club because <laughs> he just absolutely loves that character and he tells people about it constantly and he's always talking about it and stuff. And um, he was like, are you going to be in House Shark 2? And I'm like, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, maybe, I, not to do any spoilers, I don't, I don't survive um, House Shark, but... Uh, Maybe I'll be a force ghost or something, you know, or, and uh, I don't know. That's really up to Ron. Um, the character uh, does have some popularity to him. I mean, I, it's not just a couple of people. There's a lot of people that seem to like Darth Squanto and uh, I still have the armor somewhere. I don't know if I could fit into it now, but uh, it's, uh, 
it's just a biker's outfit that I got at Dick's Sporting Goods, you know, and, and um, you know, and the cape is actually a coat, which I didn't realize uh, Ron wanted me to put, like, on, like, a regular coat, so I just had it behind me, like a cape, so the sleeves are just dangling, you know, outside, and is doing a low voice, and, um, you know, it's, yeah, if he, if he wants me to do that, I'll definitely be game for that, I would love to, but uh, I had a lot of fun, um, just so in case um, to let you know uh, the one scene where um, I'm strapping on the bow and I smack Trey right in the face, that wasn't in the script either. Um, and Trey had no idea that was coming <laughs> until he got hit in the face. <laughs> and we got, it, it stayed in the film. So there we go. I mean, we did multiple takes of that. And each time I hit him in the face, I just, again, you get kind of wrapped into your character and I'm not thinking about it. And it's like, you know, maybe in the back of my head, just move out of the way. <laughs> but I, maybe he was, if he did that, he'd be out of frame. So he had to be there. So that's awesome. Um, another one that's kind of, unfortunately, another shortish role, but a movie I've been telling a lot of people about lately is She Kills, which has a lot of the same people as Night of Something Strange. Yep. Uh, what are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, that's what Ron, Ron says. That's my best acting. And I'm in it for like, what, two seconds? <laughs> um. And that was that. That's probably. I actually did another film called uh, Slow Food, which is yet to be released. It probably never will be. Where I'm wearing even less clothes than that. Um, probably the only time that'll ever happen. Um, and I was a hippie. I was kind of like talking like this man all the time. It was really awesome, you know. But um, she kills. Here's something that. Um, again, this is something more for Jonathan or Ron to talk about, but. Uh, from my recollection, um, originally, at least at some point, She Kills and Night of Something Strange were kind of like, like in the same universe in a sense, and they were kind of like, because uh, like, for example, in, in Night of Something Strange, where um, the, the naked zombie is attacking Trey, okay, and beating him, and all of a sudden this pipe falls out of nowhere, and you're thinking, oh yeah, that's kind of, you know, the gods set that down. Well, actually, in She Kills, at some point, that same pipe is thrown in the air and it never comes down. Interesting. So, I, I, don't, I didn't catch that. So that's, yeah, that's it, most people wouldn't unless uh, it's brought up because I bring it up because I think it's a cool idea. And supposedly, mm -hmm. well, the, and uh, part of that, too, is the, the beginning where I'm having uh, aerobics with the corpse. <laughs> um, that corpse is actually the main actress in She Kills. Interesting. So, it's like uh, it's like a continuation type of thing. It's kind of like it's it's just a touch of WandaVision there. We went from the seventies grindhouse to eighties horror, you know. And maybe the sequel will whatever comes out will be nineties horror. I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know. Uh, right. Um, so, what other films in your filmography? I've seen a, a few others, but which ones would you point to and say? those are the ones that best represent like kind of my acting skills so that people can kind of check them out. Well, there's a, there's a kind of a, a nice range. Um, and there's some of them, unfortunately, that haven't been released yet. Um, one character that is kind of popular is uh, in a Star Trek fan film. It's actually two different companies I've done multiple episodes with. Um, one is the Federation Files and the other one is Star Trek New Voyages slash Phase 2, where I play Ensign uh, Dawson Walking Bear. Uh, from the animated series and both those uh, fan films are based in the original series and uh, they're for free you can see them on um, uh, YouTube and 
outside of the different actors, you'd almost swear it's like the original series, especially like the starship battles and stuff like that. It's really, really well done. Um, and for a while, I was with uh, New Voyages slash Phase 2 for a couple of years, and then they finally got a check off in Sulu. So they didn't need me anymore, I guess. Um, I never really found out exactly uh, why that discontinued, but it is what it is. Uh, and then I did an episode with uh, the Federation Files, which was actually centered on Walking Bear. And uh, it was a, it's, it's, there's no action per se. It's more of a drama. Uh, trying to find his mother um, kind of a thing and uh, so that would be something for people who aren't into horror <laughs> um, Tales of Dracula which uh, is more classic horror um, that's going back to um, the Universal or even a touch of Hammer uh, those type of movies but more 1940s so black and white again it's kind of like a fan film and stuff and I play Dracula um, although with longer hair <laughs> and uh, glowing eyes and the, the teeth are kind of in a different spot, but um, I'm not like gopher vampire, <laughs> you know, it's not that, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a little different, but it still tries to stay, stay true. And the first one is out for free on YouTube again. Uh, so you can see that under Wolfbane Productions. Um, and we finished uh, last year filming the sequel, which is Tales of Dracula, Dracula Meets the Wolfman. And that is supposed to come out sometime this year. Uh, hopefully. Um, Johnny Z, uh, again, we talked about that before, where they used a lot of the, the same director, some of the same actors and stuff like that. That was an, a very a very brutal movie. Um, I'm fighting against the main character, whose name is Felix Cortez. He's uh, like a martial art master. And I have martial art training, but not anywhere near him. I mean, it's like we were, we were doing the fight scenes and stuff, and we're done. And you look at my arms, you know, his arms are just like normal mine are bruised up and i've got all these and at one point um there's a video of this on youtube where um i'm running full force into a wall and i make some holes and stuff in it but afterwards you can see there's blood coming out of my elbows and stuff and like an idiot i put rubbing alcohol on it because i'm stupid like that uh, you know so um that's just some of them um empire state of the dead um i'm kind of playing uh that's by ron uh, srs cinema that's an analogy of um, uh, multiple uh, indie, act, indie directors from New York State doing like a quick uh, zombie movies and stuff like that. So I, uh, I was in one where I'm playing uh, a kind of a joker kind of character. I've got skull makeup on and I'm kind of making the laughing and the joking. I'm just a totally chaotic character. That was a lot of fun to play. And Tying in with that was a movie that was supposed to be in the in there, but it didn't make it. Uh, is by Brian Hewitt. It's called Transformation, where I've, I'm playing a demon called. I originally was calling him um, Malachi, but I guess by the way it's spelled, it's Malachi. <laughs> you know, because um, my brain's like that. And uh, uh, that was a lot of fun. And he kind of was a kind of a little bit like Cornelius. He didn't care what sex he was dealing with. You know, he just wanted it all. <laughs> you know. Uh, and in regards to a movie that's been unreleased, uh, I'm in a movie called Babysitter Massacre 4, because uh, uh, there's three before it, uh, Heavy Metal, and it's about, um, it's kind of an 80s kind of possession type movie, playing a guy possessed by a, the, the ghost of a heavy metal, a demon, or something like that, and uh, get to swear a lot, <laughs> get to degrade women a lot, I guess, um, that was just a, 
it's not fun to degrade women, but I'm just, it was just fun to let loose and not have to worry about. Now we'll see. Now it comes out and it's like PG 13 version. So there's, there's no swearing in and stuff because it hasn't been released yet, but when we were filming that. I just, they said, Hey, you know, you can work, you know, modify your lines and stuff. I said, awesome. I will. And uh, they probably regret that, but you know, it's, it definitely got me more into character. So that's awesome. Um, now, outside of your career, uh, what are some of the horror movies that have inspired you for acting and all that stuff? Because I noticed that you do a lot of horror. So, and you, from you know hearing you speak, I could tell that well, you, look watch, at this. you watch horror. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, just wondering what movies inspired you. This might be a little bit of a surprise. Um, I was actually more of um, into like uh, sword and sorcery comedies and other things, adventure action type movies than horror. Horror I got into late and I'm trying to catch up. I'm still trying to catch up with that because I just don't watch a lot of stuff in general just because of uh, because of time. But uh, I can tell you like um, when I was doing Night of Something Strange, Jonathan gave me a couple of uh, movies to watch. And one of them was 28 Days Later. And um, I always mix this up, even after, uh, after all this time. Uh, one of the Night of the Living Dead type movies, but it's in the shopping mall. Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead, yeah. Um, the, more, uh, the remake of that. And because he was more interested in the fast zombies and stuff like that. And uh, ironically enough, when I was watching that, I was on set for one of the Star Trek New Voyages phase two sheets and we would uh live in these cabins okay that they had off to this off you know offset and just be there overnight and stuff and um I had watched the stuff and you know it's like okay yeah okay I get the vibe and stuff like that and everything then we then I go off to film with Star Trek and then it's like I come back and it's like one in the morning so everyone's like dead tired everyone wants to uh go to sleep and the beds are pretty close to everybody these are small cabins and some of these guys that are, I was with the crew because that's just the way it is, so, you know, um, which is fine. It's, it's, some, it's better than sleeping outside, which I have done before. I've had to sleep in the car and stuff sometimes too, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the indie world. Um, but I'm trying to fall asleep and it's pitch dark, not like no lights anywhere, no, no moonlight or nothing. And I'm trying to do it because I know this one guy from nights before is an extremely loud snorer and once he starts going i have a bar no matter how tired i am i'm i have a really hard time going to bed and falling asleep so i'm there and he he just goes off and he's like and all of a sudden he's like it's pitch black and i'm like all of a sudden i'm like wide awake now and then all of a, all of a sudden i'm hearing and I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me i'm just watching these zombie movies earlier on today now I got this guy here. He's making the noises in there. It's just me, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, well, Wayne, I, I guess to start, uh, you know, wrapping things up here. Um, you know, eleven years since you filmed Night is Something Strange now, and it's still finding an audience. You know, we, you know, we hooked up because of that movie. I just, I guess I want to know, like, what is your reaction that this movie is still finding an audience and is kind of taking on a, a, a cult classic uh, sort of, uh, you know, uh, life of its own? 
I love it. Um, we all had high expectations for it, and it actually did very well uh, when it came out. I mean, it won a number of awards. Um, I was able to do conventions because of that. Uh, I got pictured in some UK magazines, um, lots of interviews and stuff. Uh, great stuff, did a bunch of panels and everything like that. So, I mean, it, it's, and uh, I'm deeply appreciative of anybody who, even the people who don't like the movie, at least you gave it a chance. You know, it's like, it's easy enough to just say, yeah, yeah, okay, vaginas with tentacles coming out, you know, or, you know, acidic jizz or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, and you guys said it yourself, it's great to watch in a group. I think one guy in the movie was playing in um, Oregon. I think uh, somebody like was drunk and he walked out and he was pissed at the movie <laughs> and he was just like yelling at people while he was leaving the theater you know, and stuff and it's just like to be a part of a movie that does that um and one of you guys also was saying like uh everyone you know each of the zombies kind of had powers that was actually i think that's the first time i've ever heard a reviewer say that because i used to always say we were kind of like the zombie avengers there wasn't a ton of us but each one of us had a different way of killing in a sense and um who knows maybe they'll avengers will reform again at some point you know there, there has been talk about it um uh, i do know jonathan has interest in doing it uh black mandalia i believe is um which is uh distributing johnny z i think there's there's talk definitely talks is definitely something i think that's going to be happening um it's been a while though so it's you know, it, it seems to take a while for everything johnny z was most of the filming was in 2018 now obviously he had covid and all that which blocked everything but it's always like five or six years or something like that and it's like so by the time we do nos i'll probably be dead <laughs> you know before it gets released you know or something like that i'll be like or i'll be in a cane or a wheelchair and you know you'll have to wheel me across or something i don't know but it's it's i deeply appreciate anybody um i you know who discovers the film likes the film um i've met some great people through the film um a few not so great <laughs> you know there's there's a there's a there's some people that are a little they're a little much but uh for the most part it's been great i mean that's true with any kind of film and stuff like that you know you get people who i don't know it's just they they see you and they're just like oh yeah you're you're my personal uh play doll now <laughs> kind of a thing and you just you know they or they think like uh yeah i, I actually go around you know masturbating all over the place you know and jizzing on cops and stuff and uh it's like no i yeah, no wrong uh, message <laughs> no yeah it's not uh not exactly uh inspirational or anything like that but this character is not supposed to be inspirational i, I hope not I, I don't I hope there's not people going out there jizzing on cops because of cornelius you know or doing what the other zombies were doing but yeah it's it's awesome and uh you know i hope more people discover it it's it's kind of hard because of the especially the unrated version but then again if you see the pg-13 version it's like you're not getting the full effect so it's it's weird like that but yeah i mean I, i'm still shocked they even did a pg-13 version because that's going to be a completely Dude. different movie <laughs> Dude, it's it was just it was so weird watching it because it's like oh yeah. out oh and then it's it's nothing that's going to leave you like like plot holes at least right remember or anything like that it's just you know certain things they would they would cut it jonathan would cut it in a way so it was like it just wasn't the full effect you know right so yeah definitely don't get the full effect so everyone make sure 
Watch the unrated version. Nice. I'm strange. Definitely the way to do it. Uh, Wayne, it's been a pleasure. Uh, before we let you go, I know you talked about uh, a lot of the stuff that you have in the works, but anything else you'd like to uh, promote your social medias, any other upcoming movies, your, uh, your band. Yeah. Um, uh, you can find me on, uh, waynewjohnson.com on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, most formats. Uh, I'm not on TikTok. So if you see me on there, that's not me, <laughs> you know, although Wayne Johnson, I mean, there's even a lot of Wayne W. Johnson. So, it's, you know, and I'm, I'm sure my face is being used on Tinder or something like that, <laughs> you know, or, or, um, what's the other one <laughs> or something like that, I guess, um, you know, uh, in my band, Caroline Blue, um, we just finished uh, filming a music video for a song called My Fingers, not related to anything with Night of Something Strange. <laughs> you know, um, although it is horror, like it's actually uh, the first thing I've um, fully directed as well as starred in and uh, a lot of stuff. And uh, we're in post-production with that right now. So hopefully that'll come out um, later on this year, along with a brand new album. Uh, Caroline Blue is also carolineblue.com, carolineblue.net, uh, also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all that. And uh, you can check us out on Reverb Nation, Spotify, uh, Pandora, all those, all the stations. There's Caroline Blue music there. Um, there is another band called Carolina Blue, and we get hit with that a lot, where it's like uh, people say, hey, Carolina Blue. It's like, no, it's Caroline. And then, uh, you know, I'll correct them, and they'll say, oh, well, okay, I'll remember Carolina Blue. It's like, okay but their their music is totally different than ours uh we were out first so um i think we had our albums out or at least the first album out before they had their albums out but they're on a major label so and but they're more like a country blues kind of thing or something like that so it's, it's quite easy to tell if you start hearing that from uh you think you got caroline blue and you're hearing country music and stuff like that that's not that's not what i'm doing um so uh and that we got music on sale for Bandcamp. Uh, you can see on YouTube, both my own page on YouTube and Caroline Blue, tons of stuff. I, I got a ton of stuff to put up, um, behind the scenes stuff, all sorts of stuff. And slowly but surely I'm getting it up there, you know? So, you know, I just wanna say thanks to everyone out there. Anyone who's ever watching any of this stuff, all the support and everything like that is just deeply appreciated. Really, really appreciate it. And thank you guys for, Finding this, film, reacting to it, inviting me here, wondering what the fuck was up with you. <laughs> I was in your head doing this movie. <laughs> you know, and absolutely. See, <laughs> it's right there. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> awesome. Well, Wayne, it's been an absolute pleasure. We thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. Anything, you, anytime you ever got any new horror movies in the works or anything else you'd like to promote. Thank you so much. Love it. Thanks, man. Thank you guys. Absolute pleasure.